Are you ready to build a business with consistent income and have time left to spend with your family? In Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, you will learn the strategies to create exactly what you want in your business and in your life. Now, here's your host, Kathleen Reeson. Welcome to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson, and we're here on Inspired Choices Network. And today, we are talking all about the entrepreneur's secret weapon. And so this is for, yes, you entrepreneurs, whether you're a leader, an entrepreneur, an executive, or really just somebody that wants to figure out how to create the life that they want, what we're going to talk about, it truly is a secret weapon. And now it's going to tell you, when, when I share this with you, it'll show with you how, how you can actually create more. Okay, create more in your life. So a lot of us, especially right now, are saying, how do I create more time? How do I, how do, I do more? And the reality is, we could talk for this entire show about time management, but that's not what the secret weapon is. The secret weapon today, I'm going to tell you right now. So if you, if you heard just what I'm about to say and you shut off and you didn't listen to any more, you would actually get value because this is the secret. The secret weapon is grace. Grace. It's the word grace. It's being grace. It's having grace. It's giving grace, receiving grace. It's everything about grace. And this word grace, I really believe that it is mislabeled. Okay, so when I looked up the the word grace in the dictionary, and actually I'll tell you exactly what it says, okay? Simple elegance or refinement or movement, okay? Whatever that means. Courteous goodwill. So give grace, like, like you're a ballerina, okay? So there's an element to that. But I'm actually redefining how we look at the word grace and what I believe that grace means. Here's my definition. So Kathleen Reeson's definition to grace, for whatever that's worth, it is willing to be messy. Willing to be messy. So I'll tell you an example. This has nothing to do with my business, but it absolutely has to do with who I am and how I show up in the world. And this is affected in every one of my businesses, the same practice. So I told you a couple of weeks ago on the show that I was committed to cleaning my house. And I don't mean like getting rid of the dust. I mean, getting rid of stuff. We have so much stuff. And for those of you that have been listening, my mom passed away on October 8th. And one of the things that, that really occurred to me during that time was when she left, when she transitioned, we put her in a casket, shut the lid. And the only thing that went with her were some clothes, a few pieces of jewelry, that really meant more to us than anybody else. One, one of my kids made a bracelet for her and she wore that and some cards. Oh, and she's got really cool slippers, Halloween slippers on her feet. Okay, so that's it. She took a couple of pieces of stuff with her. And other than that, it all got left behind. And it gave me this real appreciation for all of the, the things that we have and the material possessions and what we can shed. And so I said, okay, I'm going to clean my house, meaning the extra stuff that I don't really need or want gets to go to somebody who can appreciate it. And so room by room, dresser by dresser, shelf by shelf, drawer by drawer, I've been going through and just cleaning and purging of things that are important to me. Well, here in the United States, we had Thanksgiving last week. And so Thanksgiving morning, here I am, we didn't have, we had a big, big lunch, but in the morning, I'm downstairs in the basement. Now I have three children, three boys. They're eight, almost 10 and 12. So they have a lot of stuff. 
and I'm in the basement cleaning out the basement and I'm getting rid of stuff and I'm feeling really good. And here's the secret. I've been everything that doesn't have a home goes into the storage room. Okay, so on Friday, when my family wanted, wanted to decorate for the holidays, I realized <laughs> everything to decorate for the holidays is behind the pile of stuff. Everything that I've taken from the entire house that doesn't have a place has gone into the storage room in front of the holiday stuff. And now I'm in a conundrum because I wasn't ready to tackle that big project yet. This is days upon days worth of work. And so guess what I did? <laughs> if I had a picture now and I could take you to my basement, what you would see when you walked to the bottom of the stairs is a bunch of stuff at the bottom of the stairs. I just took the stuff that was in front of the holiday pile and I put it in a giant pile somewhere else. I just moved the pile so I could get to the holiday stuff. And my house looks messy, so messy. And there was a piece of me that said, I did not reach my goal. My house is not clean. And in that moment, I got to give myself grace. I was willing to be in the mess. And I got to say, it's not about perfection. It's about progress. It's not about perfection. It's about progress. And when I looked around my house and I saw all these other places where I had cleaned, where I had, where I had done what I said I was going to do, I got to really embody what it meant to have progress over perfection. And I got to give myself grace for the areas that weren't complete yet. It's not like I'm going to leave that mess forever. I will clean it up. Maybe it might be January. I'll tell you when I get it done on the show. <laughs> Who knows? Right? I've set goals. So now I know that, that by my goal is January. So by January, I get to have it cleaned up, which tells me that I know that, that it's going to get cleaned up. And, and not just even clean, I'm going to sort through it and there's going to be less of it because I will have completed my cleaning process, the purging process. Not just put it away and dealt with it another day because I could have done that. I could have just thrown stuff on shelves. And then when I went through this again, I'd say, but I don't really need that. Why did I keep it? Oh, that's right. Because I just wanted to hurry through the process to be complete. So instead I'm slowing down giving myself grace, holding the integrity of what I wanted to complete, which was the purging of the stuff and completing. And so how many times in business, and I can think of a ton, where I've been in such a hurry to complete a task that if I had just given myself grace that it wasn't complete yet, I may have actually reached the goal. Where have I cut it off too soon because I haven't been willing to be messy? Or where have I been messy, but I say that's uncomfortable and I quickly move through it so that I don't have to feel the discomfort that comes with messy? Because guys, let's be honest, being messy is uncomfortable. That's where growth happens. That's where all business growth happens. That's where all personal development growth happens. It happens in the messy. But most of us are not willing to be in the messy, to see the messy, to, to really evoke the messy. We don't want to be in that space. And so what we're talking about today is the grace, giving ourselves permission to be messy. 
Because when we're graceful about the mess, when we acknowledge the mess, when I openly share my basement looks like a tornado came through, when I say you may, you, you can't even go to the bathroom in my bathroom. By the way, funny story, this is totally off topic, but I'm gonna share it. <laughs> the reason that my husband and I moved into the house that we live in right now 10 years ago was because the basement at the bottom of our stairs is decorated beautifully. I mean, our, just perfectly like a star spangled banner, like a flag. It's got, so I live in the United States. It's got the stripes, it's got the stars. I mean, it is beautiful. Now, I don't need a star spangled banner bathroom, but I can't, it's unpatriotic to paint over it. So for 10 years, we've had the star spangled banner bathroom. My kids, they don't even go to the bathroom downstairs. It's the weirdest thing. They run upstairs to go to the bathroom. Maybe you guys have experienced it. I think there was a spider in there once, something that's traumatized them. So they don't even use it. So here's what I did. Here's what I did. I took some of that stuff and I shoved it in the bathroom. And I said, well, they're not using it. And there's 50 million other bathrooms in this house. So I used the bathroom for the stuff. So now if you actually were downstairs in my basement and you wanted to use the bathroom, you would have a footstool of stuff if you could get over the piles to get to it. And I tell you this, I tell you this because that's life. That is being messy. And how many of us wouldn't even want to share our messy spaces? A few weeks ago, I said on live radio that I was committed to the equivalent of you walking into my house, up the stairs, into my bedroom, me pulling out my underwear drawer and showing you my underwear. I mean, who does that? Why would you do that? And yet that's what we get to be, real and authentic and vulnerable. And so part of that is being willing to be messy and share that, hey guys, we're all real people. We're all real people. And we all go through these same things. We all have that struggle. Like Jen, the producer, she's saying, I have four bathrooms and they'll wait outside for someone to than use another bathroom. Hallelujah. Every night at dinner that happens because the kids wash their hands before dinner. And even though there's you know, five bathrooms, no, I, I didn't count the sinks. There's a lot of sinks here, like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We have eight sinks in our house. I may have even missed some, but let's just go with eight. There are only five people living here. So do the math and there's no reason to have a line, but yet we line up every night. So it's crazy the things that we do, like the way that, that our minds work, the way that our minds work. And actually, I was just looking at a, at a, a comment because me, I, am, I love the space of emotional intelligence. And that's a, a lot of what we talk about. Like, you think about Profit Launch, and I've been a coach for many years. I ran a marketing firm. Like if, you, if you knew my background, I, I'm a former CPA. We could talk finances. We could talk mechanisms for business all day long. But the reality is, the reality is if you really want to impact your job performance or your employee's job performance, there's really the, the, the trip to it is about emotional intelligence. And so this thing that I read today talked about like, what really is emotional intelligence. And emotional intelligence is about how we train our minds to focus on what's in front of us rather than emotional interactions that have occurred around us. Okay, so how I train my mind. And I love this space of emotional intelligence. And so what we're talking about here with grace is that I don't get hung up by the fact that if I wanted to go to the bathroom, in the bathroom, downstairs, which I don't, because there's plenty of others, that I have to hop over stuff in order to get there. 
I could get totally hung up on that and I would miss sight of a lot of other things. But when I can give myself grace and when I can say, it's okay. First of all, no one's coming to my house. Even if, if people are right now, I mean, it's COVID time. Nobody's coming here. And if they were, they're people that I'm very close to. And if they walked downstairs and saw it, I don't care if they judge it. I don't care if they see it. They can just listen to the radio show and hear about it because everybody knows now. But the thing is, there are things that we hide because we don't want to be messy. And God forbid, we don't want anyone else to think we're messy. If people thought that we were messy, what would they think about us? So here's some earth shattering news. We don't care. We don't care what other people think about us because it doesn't matter. The only person that I care what they think about is me. That's got a lot of emotional intelligence training to get there. Now I'll tell you, I do care what my husband thinks and I do, I, I really love feedback. But at the end of the day, it's up to me to decide what feedback that I receive. So with that off my shoulders, I really just get to decide, am I willing to be messy? And grace, remember our new definition, willing to be messy, when we give ourselves grace and we say, yeah, it's okay. It's okay to be messy. It's okay to move through knowing that we're working for a bigger goal. It's okay to look past the things that are in front of us that are creating that mess, not get caught up on it, focus on the intention and move forward. Okay, guys, that is the epitome of grace. And I'm inviting you to be grace, to invite grace into your lives. I'm inviting you to be grace. Giving yourself permission to know that messy is okay. That messy is okay. Guys, we're going to go on a quick break here. And when we get back, when we get back, we're going to talk about not just how we give ourselves grace, but how we give others grace. Okay. Not how, not just how we give ourselves grace, but how we give others grace. So you guys are listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson. We're here on Inspired Choices Network. And today we're talking all about the entrepreneur's secret weapon, grace. Enjoy this quick break and I will see you here in just a second. Building a business is a lot like baking a cake. There are certain ingredients that can't be missed. By listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Neeson, you will learn the five key steps that every great business utilizes. You will hear from successful entrepreneurs that will share what works and what doesn't work in their businesses. You will have an opportunity to ask questions so you can apply these steps directly to your business. Host and business coach Kathleen Reeson built seven successful businesses while raising three boys, volunteering extensively, and having some time left for her husband and herself. Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, and she will show you how you can build the business and the life you dream of, too. Are you ready? Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson Radio Show every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? 
Inspire Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspire Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Risa. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson, and we're here on Inspired Choices Network. And we're talking today all about the entrepreneur's secret weapon, which is da -da -da -da, grace. It's grace. And guys, in this last, right before we went on our break, we were talking about how to give ourselves grace, right? How to give ourselves grace. And one of the things I talked about this organization, and before we get into this next step, I want to share with you something that really has occurred to me over the last few years, but more importantly, uh, these last, these last, this last month. So the things on my desk, when we think about things that inspire us, I have been to tons of offices in my life. When I started out my career as a CPA, so a certified public accountant with KPMG, and my job was to go into the offices of the CEOs and CFOs of some really big companies and ask them questions. It was a great way to learn business. And I got to see offices. I mean, just, just how people work, the spaces that they choose to work in. And what I find fascinating is there's two distinct camps of, let's say three, there's three distinct camps of what people's offices look like. So when we think about like grace and, and how we're willing to be in the messy, this really applies here. So there's one camp where it's totally sterile. Like you look around in their space and if they quit their jobs or got fired or uh, their businesses closed it down, never were in that space again, they would actually, the box of stuff that they would leave with would be like, more like an envelope. It just wouldn't matter. They don't have personalization. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay, so that's one camp. The other camp is it looks really nice. It, it looks really professional, but there's nothing that's really like personalized. So I walk in and it's like this beautiful painting or, but it doesn't really mean anything to them, but it looks like a designer created it. So it looks like a million dollars, but there's no personalization. So again, no judgment that works for a lot of people. And then there's the third camp, which is the one that I fall into. And that is things that are really that really inspire me. And so that's how I choose to set up the space around me. So you might look, you might come into my office and you might think, my gosh, that looks messy. But to me, it's, it's what inspires me and creates the work environment. So over the break, I was showing this little bunny that I have. And while it may not look like much to somebody else, it inspires me because it was something that when I grew up, we had it in our house. So it's, it's a little trinket and it sits on my desk. And then I have this coffee cup it's got tea in it because I don't really drink coffee. And it's a friend of mine made it. She's a an, Katie Anderson. She's an incredible artist out of Leadville, Colorado. Hello, Fern Creations. So look her up. But I have this that I'm drinking tea out of. And it, it makes me smile because I think of her when I drink it. And then up on the wall in front of me, I've got pictures from some of my leadership classes. So one of the uh, just, just things that really inspire me so I can see the people that I just love to spend time with. They're up here on the wall. I have a picture of my kids. I have a picture of my husband and, and me when we were out uh, ziplining. 
So all these things mean something to me and they're all in my environment. So again, like, I just don't care what other people think about my mess because it's not about them. It's about what I get to create and how I show up in the world. Okay, what I get to create and how I show up in the world. And so releasing that space of, I don't care what other people think was such freedom for me that I create exactly what I want. There's even, there's this little bird that said, spread your wings and fly. And it sits above my computer. So it's actually just out of the corner of my eye. That's what I see, spread your wings and fly. What a beautiful message for all of us. And yet that is what faces me when I'm working. Okay, so even our offices, we don't have to pretend to be anybody else. We don't have to set it up a certain way. And actually, the, the more successful that we are, if you, look at, if you look at entrepreneurs or executives across the ranks, the more successful we are, I believe the more personal our workspace becomes. Now, there's no scientific study about that. I'm making this up because I just believe from my own expertise of, of looking at these over time. That's what I'm seeing. But I'm willing to put my, my reputation and stake on the line to say, if we did a study. So if we wanted to, somebody should definitely do that. Let me know <laughs> if you complete that. I want to hear your results. But if we did a study, what I believe we would find that the more successful we are, the more personal we create our space so that it has meaning to us. And meaning to us may look totally different than meaning to somebody else. That professional painting that we're talking about, it could look like something fancy and professional to me, but it could have been painted by by somebody's husband or wife or best friend. And that's what they chose to put around them. Okay, so being willing to be messy can look a lot of different ways. All right, so the, but the piece that I, I wanna shift gears here and I wanna talk about grace upon others. All right, we talked about judgment, you know, a little bit, we, we scratched the surface when we're talking about how it doesn't really matter what other people think. It's really about what we wanna create so let's talk about being graceful with others. We live in a time that's kind of crazy. Let's acknowledge that. It's, a, it's kind of a crazy time. Uh, when you think about the social discord, what do I mean by that? I was on Facebook this morning and I saw a friend of mine who posted something about um, the, the mayor. If you guys have heard this story that there was a mayor of Denver, he said, told everybody, don't go anywhere for Thanksgiving. And he chose to fly to see his family. So he recorded this saying that it was a mistake and he didn't want to, and, or he, he wishes that he hadn't. And it was all COVID related. And so anyway, he, he sets the stage. So this is the context. context. And what happened was that People are ripping him apart. People are ripping him apart. Now, I'm not going to get into should he have gone to Thanksgiving with his family or not. It's not about that. Like, yes, I have an opinion on that. And that's not what's important in this matter. What's important is how we treat each other and where we give grace. Okay, so this is about our come from. And somehow along the line in this world, we've gotten to a point we're thinking that it's okay to tear other people down and treat them like things that we could just throw away, that are, uh, they're not human beings with hearts and souls and heartbeats. Uh, they're real people. And yet we go with their actions, go with their actions. And as a parent, this is something that I, 
I'm really careful with, but I wasn't always, wasn't always until I really studied emotional intelligence and understood it. One of the things that I would say to my kids when they were younger, if I could do anything over as a parent, this is, this is what I would chip. I would say, don't be a bad boy. Don't be a bad boy. And I, even saying that now, it's, it hurts me. It's hard for me to say that because my children, they could never be bad boys. They are not bad boys. They can make bad choices and, and they can make choices that have consequences. See, and even, even that good, bad, like I'm putting this good, bad, there's no good or bad. Who wrote the rules? Who wrote the rules? Okay. So there's no good or bad, but they can make choices that aren't aligned with our values that aren't, aren't aligned with our morals, but they're still humans. And I still have compassion and love for them. Just like any other parent, just like you, I love my children immensely and I want the best for them. And they're going to make choices that don't align with mine and they're going to learn and it's okay. And so why is it okay to look at that from our children and say, I see that you made a choice that has a consequence and that you if you were in that same situation, you would shift it. But it's not okay for this man to make a choice, have a consequence, and going forward, he would shift it. It's not okay for that. I even saw a comment on this thread that said, he must be taking money from China. And I, I don't even know where that came from. I don't even know. Like, why would we even bring this into it? And yet people uh, can be so quick to judge and just be downright mean. And so my invitation is to give others grace, just like we would give ourselves grace and lean into the, hmm, that wasn't the choice I would have made. And maybe we get to acknowledge that with the person and know that they have the best intentions. They had the best intentions. Now, I have a cousin who dreams of being the president. So again, I live in the United States. He wants to be the president of the United States. And I thought to myself when he told me this, who would want to be the president of the United States? I remember vividly going to the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Museum in Illinois, and they had these heads. Like, uh, they were like, oh, I don't even know how to describe them. Like, hmm. Molds, let's say, molds of heads. And so they'd, they'd taken like four different presidents and they'd shown the shape of their head. So you could tell like age marks and that from when they, before they campaigned to when they got elected to when they hit their first term. So if they were a two-term president, then when they hit their, the end of their first term and then when they hit the, hit the end of their second term. So they have these molds of these presidents that show all of that for four different presidents. And you guys, you know what, you, what, what it showed? The level of aging in that process was three times higher than the average person. Three times higher. So what that would lead us to believe is that the stress of being the president causes you to age at a rate three times higher than the average person. So when I saw those molds, I thought, who would want this? Why would you want this? And of course, my personal opinion is that there are lots of different ways to influence the world and we get to have a president. So somebody gets to step into that, but I get to influence the world from a lot of different ways. Presidents, being a president is not of interest to me and yet it's of interest to other people. And I appreciate that, okay? I appreciate that. 
And I heard that my cousin wanted to be president of the United States. And I know that his come from is that he sees that the world could be different and he wants to impact it. And it's a beautiful desire, okay? A beautiful desire. And I want that, what the world that he describes that he wants to live in, I want to live in it too. So absolutely, he has my vote. He absolutely has my vote. And I'll guarantee you, I went through this, this simulation in one of my uh, leadership classes many years ago. And it was on what would happen if you were in a, in a role like president or Congress or Senate. And it was a simulation to show that there's no way to win in that situation. So creating a win-win, a win for me and a win for the person around me. Very, very, very difficult. I mean, okay, let's just say no way it's possible. And it's not likely in a lot of those situations. And so when that happens, there's always going to be people that are frustrated with you. And those people will forget the come from that we got into this because we had a beautiful vision. We didn't get into it because we wanted to destroy the world. Didn't get into it because we want to destroy the world. I read this book. I should just finish it. It's called The Book of Joy. Wonderful book, The Book of Joy. And it, it took me quite a while to read this book. I started it in February, picked it up, put it down, picked it up, put it down. Not because it's not a good book, but because the information in there was so great that I would pick it up, absorb it, set it down, think about it, pick it up, absorb it, set it down, think about it. It's about the Dalai Lama and the Archbishop getting together. They spend a week together and they want to evoke joy in those around us. And there's one part of this book that talks about, look guys, the world's been around for many, many, many years. And most of us on average, if we're lucky, will live to be a hundred. Okay. So that's like, that's like max, right? So we'll probably be a hundred. Now there's some that go older, but on average, a hundred is a pretty stretchy life. So I have one job. You have one job. It's in those hundred years, which really in the scope of the world is just a blip, is to not screw it up. <laughs> not screw it up. That's our job. Don't screw it up. Ideally leave it better, leave the world better than when we came, but don't screw it up. That's our job. And yet we forget where people's come froms are. We forget that. And then we go after them like they were going to destroy the world. And they got up and said, that's my goal. That's my goal. We are going to talk more about this, but before we keep digging in here, I want to go on a quick break. And so you are listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson here on Inspired Choices Network. And we're talking all about grace, how to give it, how to receive it, what to do with it, what it is. So we'll go on this quick break. And when we get back, we'll talk more about the topic of grace. Enjoy this break. Building a business is a lot like baking a cake. There are certain ingredients that can't be missed. By listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, you will learn the five key steps that every great business utilizes. You will hear from successful entrepreneurs that will share what works and what doesn't work in their businesses. You will have an opportunity to ask questions so you can apply these steps directly to your business. Host and business coach Kathleen Reeson built seven successful businesses while raising three boys, volunteering extensively, and having some time left for her husband and herself. Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, and she will show you how you can build the business and the life you dream of too. Are you ready? Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson Radio Show every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com.
Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Risa. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson, and you're listening to Inspired Choices Network. And today we're talking all about grace, how to give it, how to receive it, why it is a secret weapon, because we don't often go to grace, that we don't often go there as our first step. And so we actually have to remind ourselves, what is grace, which is the willingness to be messy. That's my self-proclaimed definition in the encyclopedia, the, the dictionary, it talks about simple elegance or refinement of movement, courteous goodwill, blah, 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 blah. And at the end of the day, my experience of grace is willingness to be messy, willingness to be messy. And so it's such a beautiful, yes, it's graceful. Yes, it's willing to be in this refinement of movement. Maybe that word refinement, actually, let's go there for a second. Okay, refinement. Refinement to me means we're going one way and we're going to refine it, tweak it. Okay, so that's what I see we we're talking about just before this break giving grace to others. And so thinking about presidential or Senate or you know, all these people that are elected officials, they're elected officials, and they didn't get into office to ruin the world. They didn't get in the office because they wanted to irritate you or they wanted to irritate your neighbor or your parent or your sibling. They didn't get in for that. But yet, as soon as, as, soon as an opinion or something happens, we can easily go into the space of like, they're, they're attempting to destroy me. But the reality is they're not. Like, you know, most people don't even think, like other people don't even think enough about other people. Like, so I could be sitting here, me, Kathleen Reeson, think about how others, uh, what others think of me. But the reality is they're not even thinking about me. I'm not even a blip in their radar. And yet if I spent all my time thinking about what they thought about me, wow, they're not even thinking about me. So I'm the one wasting my time. I get to just move on. And there is the crux of emotional intelligence right there is that I can focus on the things in front of me rather than the emotional interactions. And so when I get caught in that trap of not just focusing on what's in front of me, but focusing on these emotional interactions, that's where grace comes in, where I get to say, huh, I get to give myself grace and I get to give the person in front of me grace and say, I may not understand where I come from, but I'm sure it's not to destroy me or the things around me. And so how can I look at this differently? How can I look at this differently? That's the shift we get to make. That's the shift we get to create. Because guys, the thing about this is that our minds are traps. They are literally traps. And we can spend a lot of time up in our minds and being trapped or not. Totally up to you. I've elected to not. So one of the things that I have been, where I've been spending my time uh, the last gosh, few months. So I, I'm at my core business strategist. I love the space of strategy and coaching. That's why I have this show. And uh, so I've been working on a project, a, a company called Core Built Wellness. Okay. It was, it's an idea. Actually, my husband thought of the idea and then we have a phenomenal team that are launching this. And so I've been standing alongside them and supporting the growth of this company. And I'm super excited about what it is. And it's called Core Built Wellness. I had Josh on the show know, probably six weeks ago, something like that. Uh, and what we talked about was you know, what, what is wellness? And so that explanation has really shifted over the last few months. And you know, we define wellness in seven different ways. Okay, so, so most companies define wellness as the physical side. 
okay, the physical side and maybe the financial side. Okay, so those two pieces. The physical side would be like, okay, so workout. We know that working out, maybe nutrition are good for you. So we've got some kind of reimbursement or we've got a gym, but they're really extrinsically driven. So do these things, go work out at your gym or go work out here and we'll give you a discount on our health insurance or we'll give you reimbursement. So there's some extrinsically motivated factor that's getting them to create whatever they want to create. And the goal with CoreBuild is to expand the definition of what wellness is and to create access to these wellness benefits, just like large companies have, but for small businesses. So large companies, like uh, there's one here in Des Moines that's, that's an international company. It's called Meredith Corporation. My husband actually used to work there for a while. That's why we were uh, learned about their what they offer for a wellness. And it's like the Cadillac package of, of wellness. But most small businesses, you know, as, as small business employers, we can't offer these Cadillac packages. So we're not competing with them in any way because we just, the funds that it would require. And yet here's the deal. And here's why CoreBuild exists. I know I've talked about this a little bit, but I'm going to get real with you. Uh, so my husband, he's, he has depression. He's, he's diagnosed depression, anxiety. And to say that it's had an impact on our marriage is the understatement of the century. It's had a significant impact on our marriage. We have almost ended our marriage multiple times. Okay. So, so let me just give you some numbers here. The overall rate, and I'll just use U.S. numbers. We don't need to get into the world, but they're not any better. The average rate of depression in the United States is around 40%. Okay. So that means 40% of people in the United States have depression. So, so you think about that number and that means that everyone listening either has someone, either has depression or anxiety or knows someone probably close to them that has it. The rate of depression in entrepreneurs is 70%. Okay. The rate of depression in entrepreneurs is 70%. That's unheard of. Okay. So when we're depressed, we're focusing on things around us. So depression is focused on attachment to the past, anxiety, attachment to the future. Okay. So focus on the future control of what it's going to look like. Depression, attachment to the past. So it's really about learning to be present in the moment. Now, when we see numbers that high, it absolutely has an impact on our kids, on our schools, on our everything in our communities. It, it impacts everything. And as someone who has the spouse, I remember, so while I'm running my business, this is when I was running the marketing firm. And when my kids were really young, and we had Andrew's health issues that I've talked about. It was just, I remember this very specific period of time. It was absolutely crazy. And my husband's depression was not managed. And I kept saying, will you please, like, let's go see someone. And he was adamant that he wasn't going to. And finally, I said, how about marriage counseling? And he said, yes. So we, we went to a therapist for marriage counseling. And there wasn't anything that was a challenge in our marriage. It was the way we, neither of us knew how to handle depression. And as a spouse, there were very few places that I could go to learn about depression. And yet, this is such a huge part of what people are addressing. So with a 40% rate of depression for the average U.S. citizen, but 70% for entrepreneurs, 
I could just walk out on the street and talk to two people, three people, and I would find somebody else that had this challenge, but yet we don't talk about it. So I started talking about it. So we go to, go to marriage counseling. We go to probably, I don't know, 15 sessions, something like that. And I never told anybody that we were going. And I just disappeared for a little while. Lunch break, whatever it was, nobody asked. And we go down the street and we go to marriage counseling. And then a day came, this like horrible day, uh, where I remember sitting on the, the proverbial couch in the therapist's office. And uh, my husband's like, we're done, we're done. I thought our marriage was over. I'm crying, I'm like bawling. And he's sitting there stone cold, nothing. And you know what happens? The therapist fired me. Me, the one bawling on the couch because my husband's telling me it's over and I'm bawling. My husband's stone cold and she fired me. I was mad, like fuming. So my husband got to get to continue his sessions and I was mad. And it took me quite a long time to figure out what was happening. And in that moment, I didn't realize it or couldn't have labeled it at the time, but I gave myself a significant amount of grace when I finally calmed down and took a deep breath and realized there was something at play that I couldn't understand. It was super messy, but I got to be in the messy. And what I realized was, now, now I realize it, the therapist fired me because she, got, she couldn't work with both of us, conflict of interest, but she removed us from, from marriage counseling and focused on the depression with my husband. And that was a significant turning point for us in understanding depression. And what I'd been asking for was that he would go work with somebody so that we could understand depression. And that's exactly what I got. He got to work with somebody, but what it took, what it, what it, what it required for me was willing to be standing, stand in the fire with him in couples therapy, getting fired, sitting stone cold on a couch, just like so emotional that I got, that I got fired and he got the support that he needed or he required. And I got to then seek other support. It was beautiful. Not at the time it was super messy and uncomfortable. And now I realize that I get to give myself grace when it's messy. And even when I don't understand it, especially when I don't understand it, that's when I get to be super graceful. And you guys, like, here's the biggest thing is I think about now, why didn't I tell the people around me what was going on? Why didn't I tell my employees? Why didn't I talk about this? Because it just wasn't something that we talked about then. And now I get to be the stand for that, which is why I'm sitting here on live radio, live TV, sharing about what we went through. Because guess what? 70% of entrepreneurs and 40% of U.S. citizens are having this exact same issue. And that number is way too high way too high. And it's simply, we don't understand it. So we get to normalize this. So the work that we're doing here in Corbill and really understanding emotional intelligence and physical and spiritual and all the different elements of wellness, because you guys, with our small to medium-sized businesses, the small businesses that we're running, our employees, us ourselves, get to have the exact same access as people that are in big companies, we get to understand wellness. We get to know what it can create for us. We get to offer those exact same skills and tools. And for us to build those individually, that would, that would, like, it's not possible because we would, it would cost us so much money and time to build those. It would not make sense. 
these big companies, they just put a few people in charge of it. They throw some money at it. They build these incredible plans for their employees and they, they can really support them. But here we are playing in, in our small businesses. We don't have access to those. So when I heard my husband talk about this vision of supporting employees and employers of these small to medium sized businesses that don't have access to the resources, it just made sense. And you guys, I'll tell you, this path has been totally messy. I don't know what I'm doing from a standpoint of I've built tons of businesses. We, I know the process of building a business, but I've never built this one. And yet we get to give ourselves grace in how we move through this process. We to give ourselves grace in how we move through this process. All right, guys, we're going to go on a last quick break. We're going to go on our last quick break. And when we get back, we're going to wrap all of this up. You are listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson on Inspired Choices Network. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson, and enjoy this quick break. Building a business is a lot like baking a cake. There are certain ingredients that can't be missed. By listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, you will learn the five key steps that every great business utilizes. You will hear from successful entrepreneurs that will share what works and what doesn't work in their businesses. You will have an opportunity to ask questions so you can apply these steps directly to your business. Host and business coach Kathleen Reeson built seven successful businesses while raising three boys, volunteering extensively, and having some time left for her husband and herself. Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, and she will show you how you can build the business and the life you dream of too. Are you ready? Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson Radio Show every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson here on Inspired Choices Network. We are so excited today to be talking about grace, about grace. And even when I say we, it's you and me, we're here in this conversation. So even things like that, let's dig into that for just a second and tie that in. So I say we, my mind could easily go to, but I, I'm talking about it. There's no we. And did I slip up at the tongue? And oh my gosh, did I screw up? And I could easily get into a right wrong game. But when I do that, when I get into that space, I'm not focused on you. And I'm not focused on the show. So where do I want to put my mind, my attention? Am I going to focus on the show and let it go? It doesn't matter what you said. And honestly, if you hadn't pointed it out, nobody would have heard. Nobody's going to rewind and say, did she say we? Who else is there? What does that look like? Like, no, nobody goes into that. We go directly into the space of moving forward. So my invitation to you is to not let your mind go there. This is a managing your mind game. This is a managing your mind game. And so when we get into spaces where our mind trap captures our thoughts, that's when we have a deep breath. So literally inhale, hold. Usually four seconds is pretty good. Exhale. You do it like three or four times. And give yourself grace and say, I'm messy and it's okay. I'm messy and it's okay. And we get, to, we get to create that space for ourselves and for others around us and for others around us. And I'll tell you something. 
the reason that we are entrepreneurs, that we've gotten to the space that we are, we actually have some entrepreneurs that listen to the show, which is pretty cool. It's like entrepreneurs in an organization. The reason that we got to where we are is because we are creators. And in creators, it means we move things forward. And that inherently is a controlling space. Controllers, people that have controlling styles, those are the ones that move things forward. So naturally, naturally, we are going to, because we're creators, we're going to have more control. Okay. And the thing about controllers is that, I even hate to admit this, we tend to judge. Anybody out there, raise your hand. Are you a judgy McJudgerson? Do you judge others? That's one of my go-tos. Okay. So, so automatically, am I in empathy, meaning I am supportive of someone? Remember the come from conversation? Thinking that they didn't come to create the world and destroy it. They really set out to create something incredible. So am I in that space and holding them high? Or am I in judgment and shutting them down? Where do I come from? Okay, so when I'm in a judgment space, because I'm a controller, because I love to create things. Yes, I had seven businesses at one time because I can create from that scale, just like you. And the consequence to that is that I like to drive things forward, which can mean there might be dead bodies in the wake. And I don't mean that literally. I don't mean there's dead bodies around me. It just means I'm going to do whatever is required to create what I want to create. And the consequences of that along the way may mean there may be some hurt feelings. And I get to be cognizant of that. And I get to know that that's coming up. And I get to be graceful with myself and know that that's a potential consequence. And I get to receive grace from others around me. And when they call me forward and say, hey, Kathleen, you're creating dead bodies in your wake. Slow down. Be kind. I get to say, oh, thank you for calling me forward and showing me what compassion and grace looks like. Now, ego can get in the way, especially as entrepreneurs. The reason that we get to where we are, the reason that we're successful is because that we've got confidence and with confidence can come ego. But guys, with ego, we also get to realize that what makes us successful is how we're vulnerable. Now, here's the thing. I told you my commitment to allowing you to walk into my house, like literally opening the door, walking you up the stairs, walking you in my bedroom, opening up my, my drawer and showing you my undies, right? Like that's not that cool. I don't know why you even want to see that. But what I mean about that is that the more vulnerable I am, the more dirty stuff that I talk about, dirty in my mind, like the more I talk about depression and how many times that's affected our marriage. And the more I talk about the book I wrote, Joy and Uncertainty, and just poured my heart and soul into like, who would want to read these things about Kathleen's life? Like, why would you care about that? The more that I create that, the more people think that I know what I'm talking about. And it's so funny. Like, it just blows my mind because it's like, the more I say, I don't have a clue what I'm talking about, the more people think I know what I'm talking about. Like, brilliant. What? But it's because when I'm vulnerable and open about it, when I share from my heart, when I, when I give myself grace for the experiences that I've been through and say, yes, it's messy. Yes, it's crazy. Yes, I've been through it. And hey, guess what? I'm still breathing. I'm alive. And 
I'm on fire, then they get to be too. Because when I'm that way, when I share my story, when I give myself grace, it allows other people around me to give themselves grace. And that's the ripple. You've heard talk about a ripple? That's the ripple. I give myself grace. You give yourself grace. You give yourself grace. Other people around themselves give grace. That's the ripple. So when I think what I want more of in this world, grace, compassion, be grace, be compassionate. Because whenever I am, others will be. And that's what's so cool about this. And that's why I say grace is a secret weapon. It's so cool because there's this space where, hey, here's the beauty. Like, I can't get it wrong. There is no wrong. Because wherever I am is where I'm meant to be. And even though it might be messy and might be uncomfortable, it's where I was meant to be. So how can it be wrong? How can it be wrong? That's what's so cool about all of this. We have covered so much today, you guys. We, we've, gone, we've gone into a lot of different areas. And my invitation to you is to be grace, extend grace, receive grace. Be grace, extend grace, receive grace. However, what order I said that in, I have no idea. Be grace, receive grace. I just embody it. Because guys, here's the secret. Because I earlier, you've got maybe 100 years, maybe, if you're lucky and healthy. And the world's going to keep on going. That I know to be true. When I'm gone, the world's probably not going to, you know, it's still, still going to exist. And so how do I want to lead? Like, I've got this 100 years to make an impact, to live the best life that I can. And so I don't want to be stressing. I don't want to add more gray hair. I just want to be me. I just want to be me. And so in my business and in my world, the ripple effect, it's important to me, but it starts with me. So entrepreneur's secret weapon, it's not about doing more. It's not about time management. It's really about how we show up, how we give ourselves grace and how we extend that to others as well. So you guys, I show up here every Monday and I talk about whatever's on my heart. And I invite you to listen every Monday. And definitely let me know if you have any questions. Send me a note at Kathleen at KathleenReason.com. Listen in every Monday. This is Profit Launch with Kathleen Reason on Inspired Choices Network. I'm so thankful that you chose to be here today. I love you. Thank you for listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reason. Kathleen Reason will return next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Would you like to be on the show or do you have a show idea? Go to KathleenReason.com forward slash radio. Have a great week.